The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. podcast and do we ever have a lot to talk about today raptors make history twice first with the all-woman broadcast team that was sensational it is frankly unfair how talented kia nurse is she's an all-world basketball player and then just goes out nails the show um then go hit a franchise record of threes ending with 24 on the night and everything else they won breaking the nine game (laughs) snide And then, you know, after weeks of speculation, Lowry goes nowhere. The field general stays home, but alas, some other Raptors are off to new teams and a couple of shiny new faces to introduce. Well, I've probably spoken enough now, so it's time to introduce the other fellas. Uh, First off, we have Kieran Smythe. What's going on? And Ben Harrison. Hey, hey, yeah, crazy day, crazy day. And like I said, this is the Hoop Ball Toronto Raptors pro, uh, podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Raptors. And then you can also follow Kieran at K underscore Dilla. You can follow Ben at Benny and the Raps. And you can follow myself at Brendan Hodgins. Uh, and if you get the chance, please go over to the mothership at Hoop Ball hoop-ball.com that's for all your NBA needs if you want to take a look at DFS fantasy wagers they got everything there so give it a shot go over there and let's make it work all right lads the big win I don't want to bury the lead here without the other stuff but let's quickly go over this Raptors come out on top 135 to 111 yes a lot of stuff here that looked good everybody at first thought of this was like eh, it's the going away game right so they're going to come out firing but um Kieran what was your favorite part about that victory what did you see specifically that you weren't seeing before um, biggest things I noticed would be, um, Siakam sort of bringing it to the rim a lot. Um, you know, they weren't all going in and some of them, you know, got drew, drew a few fouls, but like right out the gate, he wasn't just looking to chuck up threes, drive into the lane. Um, yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed right out the gate. And then OG just coming in, well, he missed the last game and then just came in and just couldn't miss, was making good plays, big plays on both ends. Uh, so that was a good return to form. Um, yeah, it was too bad. Like it was the game right before, you know, the team was going to blow up at an all time low. Cause they look great. You know, like if that was, <laughs> if that's, this is our play for most of this season, we wouldn't even be having any of these talks about trades and whatnot. So, um, could they just move the trade deadline to happen every week? Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, I know the biggest thing definitely for me, like Siakam was night and day. Like this is, you know, even with the misses and things like that's fine. That's what we want you to do. Um, yeah, I like that. Uh, ben, uh, what did you see specifically about this game that you hadn't been seeing in the previous eight or nine? Uh, yeah, nine. Um, yeah, well, definitely with Siakam. I mean, uh, if you were paying attention, there were some weird reports that came out about him being fined uh, 50 grand or so for an exchange he had with Nick Nurse after the Cleveland game. Yeah, then the, uh, the reporting was a little weird. Happen. 
Yeah. Yeah, so we don't know what really happened there. You know, something probably did happen, but we don't know the details. But whatever it was, he certainly came out firing uh, last night. Uh, I think he had 20 points just in the first half. And like you said, he was he was uh, rim running all night. Um yeah, looked really, really good. If he, you know, it's it's just so weird with him. It's like uh, night and day some days. But um, OG Ananobi certainly was the shot in the arm the team needed. Like, who knew he was that vital to, uh, you know, operations? Um, he's just such a game changer on defense. He's like our very own, uh, like Marcus Smart or Ben Simmons type, who we can put on. You know, anyone one through five. And um, like last night, they had him on uh, Nikola Jokic. You know, Gargantua himself. So. And uh, pretty much shut him down by his standards. He only had 20 points. So. Yeah, yeah, a couple of – got rebounded a few times, but, you know, that's to be expected, but still like, held his own. It's yeah, pretty yeah. rare, yeah. too, that you see a guy that has to go up against – you know, Jokic almost averages a triple-double. Yeah. And when you put a guy on defense on someone like that, you know, you tend to see a stat line of four points, you know, six points, because they spend so much time just focusing on the defense. To go out and score 23 points, and he didn't, it's like he played 28 minutes. It's not like he was out there for 40. So he had like an efficient offensive stat line on that as well. Yeah. If he, has, yeah, if he keeps playing like that, we won't be able to afford him either. So. <laughs> well, they they just resigned him though. But yeah, like I asked uh, Kieran last night, I saw there was a weird uh, money line coming into the game where it was pretty much even money, which is pretty weird given the standings and everything between you know Denver and Toronto. But uh, it was Kieran there who said um, it's probably because OG is back. You know, based on how he was playing. I think in the first half alone he had 18, uh, 18 points, five boards, a steal, a block, and uh, he put the ex. Uh, the exclamation point down at the end of the first half there when he had that uh, made the steal and then got a breakaway and just put down the two-hand slam. So really, really good night for him. Uh, to what you guys were saying about getting to the rim, especially with Siakam there, uh, and something we'd been harping on them a little bit about was, you know, not attacking the rim and so not drawing fouls and stuff like that. And, you know, they were in the bonus in the first quarter, 15-3 throw attempts in the first half. They and then exactly what we said was going to happen happened. You start doing that, the help has to come over when guys get down low, with Siakam and OG especially. Mm-hmm. And then the three ball opens up. They shot fifty percent from three. So what that means is guys are getting open looks. Well, I didn't. Uh, you know, I think the Nuggets they weren't exactly flying to the ball on defense last night. You could tell they were on a back to back. Right? It was a little. Uh, like I saw, even at one point, OG was on fire, and they even left him just wide open. Nobody closed out, so they were uh, they were definitely tired, you know. <laughs> but still, That's when fair. you do those things, good things happen. As to, yeah. you know, we blew them out. It wasn't like you know a close game or anything. It was uh, yeah, we destroyed them, and. Uh, yeah, that's just a large part of it, I think, is just that. Like, people doing what they need to do to space the floor and not everyone reverting to this role of, oh, we're struggling, we need to catch up by shooting three-pointers now. Like, that's, that's, that's never the answer, almost never the answer. Yeah, to that note, like, Siakam was the worst percentage uh, three-point shooter on the night. He shot 43%. Except maybe Malachi Flynn, no? Uh, no, he. Oh, yeah, he shot zero. Yeah, so yeah. That's <laughs> but you know, but uh, as 0%, far as guys that were, took, I know, think what three, three threes or something. But yeah, yeah, three threes. I mean, as far as guys that were actually out there shooting, you know, it's that's what you're looking for. Malachi Finn played six minutes. It's kind of hard to get warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, know. did you notice too? They kind of uh, Chris Boucher got buried a little bit. They had um, uh, Bembry and Paul Watson were ahead of him in minutes. So yeah, well, that's going to happen though when you're up by thirty points. You're going to have some guys come in that wouldn't normally get as many minutes as they should, and you're going to have some guys that normally get more get less. Like yeah. usually, the Raptors have two or three guys pretty close to 40 minutes and mm-hmm. the, what Pascal Siakam played the most at 35 so and I think Boucher still got like 16 minutes in I don't know what he's averaging this year but yeah he yeah. got 17 and a half so it's not yeah not nothing yeah I think they went like 13 deep last night but that's what happens when we're winning but this the thing with us too is like because we I think what I see where we have the fourth fewest bench points in the league right now and um, yeah we just don't get the production from them so we don't and because we don't put them in unless we're, you know, destroying teams like this, we just never, same with, you know, Matt Thomas, all that, like, they just never really got a chance to do anything. Um, so it's, it's, I guess, a little bit nice to see a few new faces and uh, some extra playing yeah. time for these guys. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that when we get to the trades uh, based on there are some guys coming in that could make interesting pieces and do exactly what you're saying there, get uh, roles that are actually enable them to... You know, get some playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So another fun fact about this game is that they scored more in three quarters, or sorry, one point less in three quarters than they did in four quarters the game before. So it's good to see the offense clicking. Yeah. Um, some other fun stats: Kyle Lowry plus forty-two. Yeah, I saw that career game. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I believe is the second highest in franchise history, and that. Buries the fact that Pascal Siakam had plus thirty four, which is nothing to slouch at either. So, yeah, a lot quite of a, uh, like classic Kyle. Eh? It might be his last game, and he gives you a career performance like that. I mean, I know he didn't score a lot, but no, but uh, he didn't have he didn't to. Need he just to. Made, yeah. yeah, he got the win, nine assists. He did exactly what he needed to do to make sure that the rest of the team succeeded, and that's what you look for from your field general. That's probably why he's still a Raptor. That's probably why he's still a Raptor. On that note, it's probably a good time (laughs) to transition over to, you know, the main story here, the trade Indeed. Few trades for the Raptors, but a little bit quieter of a day than I think everybody expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was... I don't know. I think about 10 different reports as to where Lowry was going and for sure how it was happening. There was a fake Woj tweet out there saying that he had already gone. Uh, It was one of those days where we all thought there's so much smoke, as Ben said, how could there not be a fire? Uh, Is Lowry not getting traded the biggest surprise of trade deadline, not just for the Raptors, but for the league? Go ahead, Kieran. Um, Yeah, I I was kind of... Uh, you know, mentally broken up with Lowry already in my head before this and figured he was going to be going. So it definitely, uh, definitely surprised me. I was kind of under the impression we were going to end up um, just sending both Lowry and Powell out and changing the look entirely of the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, like seemed to be a lot of teams really interested in him. Um, and right up to the end, you know, Philly was on the table. Miami was a big possibility. The Lakers were interested. So um, I definitely think it was almost expected that Lowry was going and then, you know, maybe they'd, we'd ship Powell too. But um, I'm starting, I'm warming up to the idea. You know, I think, uh, I think in the long run, it's a, it's a good move for us. Um, especially, yeah, there's, it's Lowry, right? Like, I'm not mad that Lowry's still on the team. So, um, but it is definitely a bit surprising, all things considered. All right, Ben, 
on that note, what do you think was the holdup? Why don't you think this deal got done? Based on there was a few tweets from Woj and Sham. Like we're not talking about guys yeah. that don't know what they're talking about, saying, "Oh, it's on the one yard line. This deal's almost done." What What made you think? Uh, what do you think made the Raptors, you know, balk at what was being offered? Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta love the day and age of Twitter where we kind of have like a window into what's going on behind the scenes, but. Um... It, you know, if I had to guess, like, um, the packages that we, like, the package we saw from Miami that ended up going for Oladipo um, was pretty weak, right? Uh, um, what was it? Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, which are pretty much just filler pieces. They're both free agents. And uh, and a future first or swap or right. It was a pick swap, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if that's all you're getting for, you know, the face of the franchise, the field general, like you said, um, that's definitely not worth it. Um, from what I heard throughout the day, the Lakers package, just because they don't have much and, you know, you need a match salary, it was going to be something like Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, and um, Taylor Horton Tucker, which, again, is just pretty underwhelming, right? Wouldn't uh, You're not winning the press conference if that's the deal that you make, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think, I think Masai was probably, like, genuinely pretty close to making a move, um... Who knows what the deal was in Philly? They ended up going another way. They picked up George Hill um, for kind of a lower price tag. But um, so yeah, I'd say just nobody wanted to meet his price. Really, is yeah. uh, is what not there. cheap, nor should he be. But yeah, yeah, and some stuff I believe there was Woj at the end kind of put out a thing because everybody was positive he was getting moved. And then at the end of the day, I think there was some you know some of that hindsight saying, well, there's really no guarantee that he's signing again. And everybody, he said before that he wants to go back and be a Raptor. So it really is, it's a short-term lease, and it's an expensive short-term lease. So yeah. I think guys just went, you know what, I think with what we can get for a little bit less doesn't put us that much farther back. Maybe we should go that route. But I'm not an NBA GM, so. Yeah, yeah like I think uh, Miami and L.A. like played it pretty smart, to be honest. Like if you can get, you know, Oladipo for a cheap price rather than paying up for Kyle Lowry. It's not a huge drop off. And, you know, George Hill's certainly no Kyle Lowry, but, um, you know, they picked him up for next to nothing in Philly. So why are you going to give up a big rotational piece just to bring in Kyle for, like you said, only a few months maybe. And I think it's always tough when they're trying to do these deadline deals where there's a contract extension involved. Cause you know, it's not just the GMs in there. It's the agents too and everything. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, now, you know, a few other deals that actually got done for the Raptors here. Yeah. Uh, now there's the, uh, the sort of the big one, and I know we're all sad to see him go. Uh, Storm and Norman Powell, uh, playoff Powell. He's no longer a Toronto Raptor. He's yeah. off to uh, another team to see what he can do over in the West, uh, West Coast area there. Uh, you know, it's not a bad package that the Raptors got back. It's an interesting kind of looking thing. And fun fact, Gary Trent Jr. is the second Gary Trent to get traded from the uh, uh, Portland to the Raptors on the trade deadline day. Yeah, I saw that. 98 really? or something like that. that yep, it yeah. was part of the uh, Stoudemire deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know Rodney Hood, yeah, you know former, I believe he's a former first round pick, right? 
Uh, Rodney Hood? Uh, I believe so. He's been around forever. Seems like he's played yeah. for half the teams in the league. But He's just, you know, riddled with injuries. He's never really had a chance to get it going. Maybe he finds something here in Toronto. So I don't hate the trade. Kieran, uh, is there any way that uh, you see what Gary Trent will mean for the Raptors? What do you think his role is going to be? Um, well, I mean, he's a good defender. Um, not a crazy score or anything, but he's also, you know, new to the league and everything like that. So good defense goes a long way, and that's a big thing that, you know, the Raptors are all about. Um, and then, you know, price-wise, it's quite a steal of a deal, and I think that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. Norm's having just a crazy year. Um, this frees up a lot of space for what he's going to be asking for next year. And um, he's a restricted free agent, so we get a good shot at, you know, retaining him if things work out well. Um, decent three-point shooter, so I think, yeah, I think he'll fit in really well with the Raptors lineup. Um, you know, again, if he's coming off the bench, then all the better, just because if we can get some production out of somebody off the bench is one of the things we're sorely lacking. Um, this doesn't do anything, though, to help our, uh, like, our, you know, we've been saying this for however long, rebounding issues that we've, you know, constantly faced, so I'm still, we're the worst rebounding team in the league. Um I just, yeah, this, I don't think this is a solution to that problem, but uh, definitely I think this will help us out with some uh, bench production. We got rid of a couple pieces that weren't producing. Hopefully adding these two guys will be that spark. And, um, you know, Norm was, the reason we had Norm starting is he's so much more productive when he's a starter than off the bench. So if these guys can do the opposite of that, we can go back to our starting lineup and get some production off the bench from this, hopefully. So I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched too much of these guys playing or anything like that, but um, definitely uh, optimistic, cautiously optimistic that this will you know, work out somehow for us. But uh, I still see a big hole in rebounding, and we've got a couple extra roster spots now, so don't know what that's all about. That's fair enough. Uh, ben, is there something that you're seeing from this trade uh, that either is a negative or a positive in your view, or do you think it's kind of like net equal? Um, well, there's a few things there. Um, yeah, like if I was grading it, like talent-wise, it's, you know, close to a net equal, I'd say. Um, you know, you get a lot younger here. It's kind of like resetting the clock. You know, you got to... You go back to a 22-year-old guy now that's on his uh, rookie contract. He's probably going to cost you about half what Norm is on his next deal here. Um, and, you know, he brings a little more size. Um, he's about 6'5", 210 pounds, so a little bigger than Norm in that spot. Um, he's already hitting 40% of his threes, and he's only uh, in his second or third year. Um, I hadn't seen too much of him play either, but uh, I know I had heard a lot of good things just kind of, you know, scuttlebutt around the league. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a pretty pretty good return for Norm, and uh, like Portland's just gonna be shooting the lights out here now, eh? With Lillard, uh, McCollum, yeah. and uh, Norm Powell yeah. just firing away. Oh, they're gonna have some offense for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, offense, not much on the other end, but yeah. we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about him. I didn't make as much of Rodney Hood as you guys did. Um, to be honest, I think he might have just been kind of salary filler to to even it out. But yeah. Um, but uh, to be honest, I wouldn't even be surprised if he was kind of a buyout candidate um, here. If you know Ujiri wants to let him go, get a title shot, but we'll see. Well, yeah, fair enough. Then uh, you know, 
so that pretty much you know sums up the Powell trade there. There's a couple other trades here, uh, but we we all thought uh, I know when we were talking together that these two next trades were you know lead ups to a Lowry trade trying to free, free up some roster spots. But mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Faith just lost in Terrence Davis? Do you think you know you've been talking about how you hadn't really seen him lately, and uh, now he's gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we thought the defense was, or if we thought the bench was thin before, um, you know, I mean, I know they weren't the greatest players in the world, but we just lost two of our guys, so somebody's going to have to step up, and hopefully we have that somebody. Um, But, um, yeah, Matt Thomas on his way out, I think he went to uh, Utah, who's just got a great stable of shooters over there. Um, Whatever you need in this time of sadness, Ben, you just let us Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We had our very own, you know, I thought he was going to be like our very own Alex Caruso, you know, just a guy who looks like he could have been your substitute uh, science teacher back in high school. <laughs> but but uh, he's gone. We'll move on, you know, better and brighter things on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll work out for him in the long run. Like, say he's going to a team that shoots to threes. Um, we just weren't using him. He didn't really like, you know, defensively didn't fit in too well with us. So, um, no. just as a result, never got a chance to, you know, show that he could, I guess. So, um, yeah, it'll probably work out better for him. And yeah, he's just taking up space at the end of our bench. So, you know, fill it up hopefully with some people who can, you know, fit in. And even if, you know, even if you're not going to produce, if you can just, you know, turn the ball over, you know, adjust some shots. Um, that's all we need. That'll spark offense, get us on the fast break, which we do so well. So, um, you know, if you're not able to do that, then, you know, your three-point shooting isn't going to help us out that much. So, and that's that's what happened in Matt Thomas's case. So, Yeah, as long as it doesn't lead to more Patrick McCaw, I'm okay. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the, these guys are going to, yeah, pass him on our rotation, I think, the new guys. Yeah, we'll see Rodney Hood at least play a few games. I imagine he's going to kind of, you know, back up OG and give him spells here and there. So mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see what he can do. Um, like I said, he hasn't been healthy much over the span of his career. So maybe he gets a no. little bit of run here. Or Ben might be right and he gets bought out and gets to move on to another team. Uh, see what see what he can do there. Uh, now, I'll, it was a busy trade deadline. Um, is there anything specific, Ben, that you saw from this deadline that you found interesting? You know, big moves. Vooch went, went away. That You know, Magic pretty much sold house. Anything specific that really caught your eye? Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was like a particularly busy deadline. Eh? We don't usually have that much action. Um, yeah, a few things. A few things. Um uh, yeah, the big, uh, I don't know, the big winner on the day, I'd say, was uh, probably the Denver Nuggets, um, kind of coming under the radar a little bit, but they got Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, they didn't want to pay Jeremy Grant in the offseason, and they let him walk away, and, you know, we've seen what he's been able to do in Detroit, and uh, really left a hole in their lineup. So they did a really good good uh, job filling that in, and uh, they didn't give up too much. Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, future first, and um, that starting five just looks great now with uh, Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon. So they're going to be pretty scary in the playoffs, I think, now. Kieran, was there something that you saw at this trade deadline that uh, piqued your interest that you thought was a little bit different than we've seen before or that you just found kind of uh, like it's going to make a big difference in the shape of the league? Um, nothing nothing overly as far as like, you know, 
any kind of game changers that I think there's a new contender or anything like that. Um, I think, yeah, the most interesting thing was the same, um, like Denver, um, Orlando Magic, I think, uh, what did they move? Four out of their five starters. Um, so like, well, that's pretty crazy and will shake things up for them. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't see that making many, you know, too big of a change. I was mostly focusing on, you know, anything relating to the Raptors today and just, you know, the back and forth of, is he going? Isn't he going? Where is yeah, he going? Kind of fair. thing. So I got wrapped up in that. But um, yeah, no, I uh, did nothing too crazy. Just uh, you know, a busy day of like shuffling around things. But um, yeah, I don't think anything too groundbreaking outside of yeah, Denver is looking real nice. But uh, yeah, no, it was a wild yeah. one. The uh, the only thing I definitely when I took a look at what was happening early was Chicago decided that they're going to make a play for this. Adding Vucevic. Uh, yeah, that surprised me too. Yeah, yeah, picking up Tice. Like they brought in some guys that uh, mean business. Like they want to win now with that mm-hmm. lineup. So there are going to be some competition in the East here. Yeah, I mean they really made a big swing too, because like they're sitting in tenth place right now, and they gave up this year's first and next year's first. So I mean, that's a big bet. You're putting a lot of faith in your lineup and adding Vucevic yeah. that you're going to be uh, moving up the standings pretty quick, or else you know. Um, but I saw there were a couple teams that I thought were uh, were pretty big losers on the day, and uh, kind of frustrated me a little as uh, their GMs. Uh, one was Detroit. I mean, they're supposed to be breaking into a rebuild here, and they've shipped out four guys and got essentially nothing for them. Um, this just this season, they've traded Derrick Rose. Um, They've gotten rid of Blake Griffin. They're about to buy out Andre Drummond, and they traded DeLon Wright. Those are four, you know, useful players, and they got almost nothing for them. Um, It's just not a great way to start a rebuild, and, um, you know, mistakes like that can come back to you. Like, I don't know why they traded Derrick Rose two months ago. He's probably the best of the bunch, and uh, they kind of just gave him to the Knicks without waiting for a bidding war at the deadline. But I thought they kind of blew it. Um, and then the other one that I really don't like, and I don't like to get on him because he's a rookie GM and everything, but um, Raphael Stone in Houston, um, he just looks like a guy without a plan, you know, someone just reacting to everything that's happening. Um, I know when, he, like, the day he took the job, there was a line of players outside his door looking for the way out, but um, he made the Oladipo move right at the right pretty much at 3 o'clock today, and... Um, like I said earlier, they got almost nothing except a future first for him. And back when they made that James Harden move, you know, they chose to take Victor Oladipo and that expiring contract rather than go for Karis Levert and Jared I Allen. I don't know right? why they didn't keep Karis. Like, yeah, that yeah. package, Karis Levert, and even with Oladipo's guaranteed, I'd rather have those two guys. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, the, to make it even worse, like they offered Oladipo like a joke of an extension. I think it was two years and $45 million, which he said no to. So now they're left with pretty much nothing instead of like a 22-year-old center who's about to be a star from the looks of it and like a six foot six, you know, combo guard who can handle the ball, score 20 points a game and had an ex- like is on a great deal in... Uh, in Karis Levert, so yeah, I mean, good for him for the Christian Wood signing there. That's been great, but other than that, it's just a tire fire in Houston. So uh, the only thing there that I have to say, Oladipo, unless Miami goes on one uh, one big tear with him through the playoffs and he plays his you know his best ball, 
I don't know how much better of a contract he's going to get out there. He hasn't shown that he's willing to help a team yet, and he hasn't exactly performed in a way that you know blows the doors off. Yeah, he's still kind of living off that one season in Indiana, right, when he just went crazy and was you know, legit one of the best players in the league, but it was for 12 months, right? Um, besides that, yeah, his career's been kind of inconsistent. Um, his shooting percentages are all down this year, I know, because I... Uh, I drafted him in fantasy, but uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, like, I don't know, they're talking about a big three in Miami, and I'm thinking, I don't know, it's kind of like a poor man's big three, I guess, there with uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam, and uh, and now Oladipo, so, but we'll see how it goes. Respectable, yeah. Yeah, yeah respectable, yeah. but the, the, you know, you look at the other big three, and that's kind of like the, you know, this is your big three, and this is the big three that your girlfriend tells you not to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, uh, so, yeah, the trade deadline was an interesting one. You're definitely right, Ben. I would say Houston came out on the wrong end of the stick there, and I'm happy that the Raptors didn't make that deal for uh, for Lowry. Yeah. Um, now it's the second part of all this, right? Because the tr- there's half of the trade deadline is the people that don't get traded, but you know aren't going to be on that team soon anyways. What are some mm-hmm. buyout options you think around the league there, Kieran, that the Raptors should really um, take a look at? Um, to pick up? Yeah. Uh, anybody big, give us some rebounders. <laughs> That's the, like, yeah, absolutely have to. Um, I don't know who's getting released or exactly who's out there, but that if, if that's not the next thing we do is pick up someone who can get you know solid rebounds for us then I've I just don't know what we're doing um, and I think you know that's that's like right now the biggest piece um, I think they're trying to like get us a bit of bench depth so yeah I just we just need a rebounder I don't care who it is I don't care if they score um, get us anybody who can get rebounds please so on that note, I th- believe I think Drummond is probably going to get bought out here. Yeah, hopefully. and then yeah. the the other big name on the list uh, would be Aldridge. I don't okay. know how much Aldridge still wants to get up and rebound. Yeah, you know, he's kind of near the the end of his career, and I think maybe if he went for to the Lakers or something like that, he'd have the uh, the get up and go to do it. But unless the Raptors, you know, went up to him and said, "Listen, you show up, we'll pay you again next season," mm-hmm. you know, I'd. I don't know if he's going to be the answer, but there's going to be some guys out there that are going to be worth picking up. Like, it, it would have been great to get an Olenek or something for something else other than, you know, Lowry, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But you are right. We do need a center that can either at least facilitate if they're not going to go and get big rebounds. Yeah, but no, yeah, Drummond would be, I think, a good fit for something like that where it's, you know, don't need too much offensive production. But, yeah, if you can get us, you know, double-digit rebounds then yeah that's that'd be perfect just one less thing to worry about doesn't really space the floor too much but still if you can be a presence no. inside then you know we'll take well, it spaces the floor in its own little way we already have guys that are standing on the three-point line right? yeah that's right because we don't need more people right. out there and yeah you know bane's really i mean he does go there sometimes but we'd be fine if he didn't so yeah you know yeah down low and yeah that's it more offensive rebounds more rebounds i think we averaged um i looked up today 41.1 for the league worst rebounds per game so <clears throat> that's uh yeah that's, that's not great yeah and i think actually that almost is exactly what we had in this game 
Let's see. Rebounds. Okay, 45. We're above oh, average. Hey. Yeah. Hit yeah. the over. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and we're and still lost. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, every year it seems like those big men, like uh, all the teams think they're going to trade their big guy for like whatever, a big return, but it just never happens and they end up on the buyout market. So that's going to happen again here. But uh, it's hard to know what Masai wants to do. Like he's kind of straddling the, the line here. Are we going to try and compete or are we going to try and tank and get Cade Cunningham in here, you know? But I honestly uh, think with the rebounder, like our team's decent, you know, like we still got, um, you know, Lowry, OG, Van Vliet, Siakam, um, yeah. Boucher off the bench, these other guys off the bench. Um, if we could replace Baines, have him be the sub and have another big guy. I mean, that's, it's a solid, like you saw them against um, our last game. Like they were, they were great. Denver. Um, yeah, if those guys are all on, you know, minus you take out Norm Powell now, but you know, if those other guys are on, we're a tough team to beat still. So, um, and we proved it kind of going into the, you know, the pre COVID era there, we had a great little stretch. We were beating big teams and then COVID decimated us. We went on this long streak. So, you know, if you take that out and you take out our, like we had a one really good stretch there where we kind of showed what we could do. Um, but we had a terrible start and then a terrible, like, you know, midsection here. So <clears throat> we lacking a bit of consistency, but yeah, it's not a terrible looking team, but I think, yeah, the, I think the smart move isn't try to like do too much, but I think this team could, you know, with a rebounder could still squeeze their way into the play in or the playoffs. So, okay. Ben, um, on that note, same kind of question. Is there somebody, you know, other than the two guys that we just kind of talked about there on the buyout market or that you suspect will be on the buyout market that they think, uh, they might take a look at? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to say right now. There's always a bunch of guys that come on there that you didn't expect. Um, yeah, like I could see those guys that went um, to Houston and the Oladipo getting bought out. Well, pretty much everyone in Houston at some point. But, um, yeah, you could see like Kelly Olenek getting bought out easily. You know, he'd be a nice piece. Um, but, um, yeah, right now the only people I've heard um, for immediate buyouts anyway are Andre Drummond and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, I forgot to mention earlier, though, the one, the weirdest trade I saw today that I wanted to ask you guys what you thought was um, the Clippers. Uh, what were they thinking? They sent Lou Williams straight up for Rajon Rondo. Mm, Atlanta, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that me or is that nuts, right? <laughs> well, Rondo's going to flourish over there and with the Clippers. That's like the perfect roll-up for him. Yeah, he, decided, he hasn't been himself for, for quite a while. And, like, Lou Williams is still, you know. A walking bucket, as they say. So, but I thought it was crazy. Is he still putting up good numbers on the, off the bench? I um, like I just only saw a couple of stat lines recently, and they looked subpar. But he might have just been having an off game. I don't. I've been following or anything, but um, he's not quite what he used to be. He's definitely having a slow year. Uh, coming into it, everybody thought that it was going to be like big time Blue Williams, but then he kind of sort of took a back seat a little bit with the other guys on uh, on the team. Yeah, I think. Brondo fits in a little bit better there because he's more of a facilitator if he finds his game again, mind you. But like he's he's going to be going into a high assist role as a far, as opposed to a usage role there. Yeah, and it's a good place for that. I mean, they got scores, so you know, yeah. If you can get someone who can feed your scores, then that's yeah, it's probably just as good of a fit if anything. So yeah, it takes the pressure off of uh, you know Paul George and Kawhi to. You know, always be the creators, right? Mm -hmm. They can just kind of get into position and you know get fed the ball. 
But yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good fit. I just thought, like, talent-wise or whatever, yeah, it just seemed like a weird uh, straight-up swap. But anyway. Also, it seems like Rondell's been in the league for 25 years, so. Yeah, yeah, he can't be young, eh? Yeah, that's right. He won a ring with, like, Paul Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Garnett>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the original super team there from uh, the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, the the next thing I want, kind of wanted to touch on what Kieran uh, was saying there. But, you know, the Raptors had that rough start. I think it was 2-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. Then they went 15-7. and seven. And then, obviously, they went 0-9, and, and now they're on the new streak of one. Yeah. Uh, we had a question that was asked on Twitter by uh, Jay Sass, asking us if we thought that there was anything to the fact that beginning of the season was a little bit different for the Raptors than everybody else. I mean, it was different for everybody in general, but the Raptors are the only team that isn't playing anywhere close to their actual home arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think, Kieran, that them moving down there at the beginning of the season was a major part of their slow start? Um, I wouldn't, I don't know about major, you know, there's, there can only be accounted for so much, I would think, but it definitely, I mean, it can't be discounted too, right? Like it's, it factored in for sure. I mean, you're moving, it's a whole different, you know, city experience. And I mean, you know, the Raptors, you know, the Canada's team, they're just like so beloved up here. Um, and everyone obviously doesn't have crowds. Well, for the most part. Um, so that's a big one because we're such a, you know, our home crowds are crazy. We go nuts. Um, so that hurt us too. Just, you know, I think, you know, we have a great home base. So I think that, uh, hurt us especially too. And then, yeah, just being so far removed. And then, you know, even when they, they do allow some fans now and, you know, like they're still sure there's some Raptors fans, but you know, I think, uh, you see a lot of both teams or if, you know, especially if like, you know, put the Hawks come to town or something like that, or, uh, someone from the South, then you're definitely going to see a lot of opposing jerseys there. So, um, yeah, for someone who's, you know, had such a great home and a home crowd and everything and, you know, atmosphere, uh, yeah, it's it's night and day. You know, you're not in the same place. I mean, no winters, so I don't know. Like, you, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of a, a bonus, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, it's for sure factored in on them. Some of them have even mentioned, you know, having to play down there, like when it was the bubble thing. Siakam really struggled there, so... Um, you know, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely took a while to get used to it. Then it got used to it. I don't know what the excuse we can use for this nine-game losing streak is. You know, once we snapped out of the COVID, the, the home blues. <laughs> sure, yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I think definitely it. Uh, I mean, two and two and eight. Yeah, it, it factored. I'd like to think it factored, anyways, and that we weren't just terrible. Yeah, Ben. Do you think uh, there's anything to the fact that you know? having to well you know a lot of these guys have families stuff along those lines you got to move everybody down you got to get settled um is there like something that you know about the way athletes behave at home versus on the road you know routines that sort of thing that you think this would have affected uh, their play early yeah absolutely i mean like you know every guy is wired differently some of them yeah, like you said, are big on the routines, and this would really kind of mess that up. And other guys are big family guys, and, um, you know, I don't know their situations. I assume some of them are probably down in Tampa with them. Some of them aren't. But, uh, but yeah, I think it was um, uh, Fred Van Fleet, I believe, I saw in an interview, and he actually said it. He said that, you know, um, uh, talking about the two different streaks, he was saying that, you know, they did have a hard time adjusting to Tampa and that it's getting easier now that they're, 
yeah, like used to the routine and, and just getting used to being down there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't use this too much of an excuse. Um, but that's a good point by Kieran. Like, um, I had, you know, every team is missing their fans, but um, we definitely have, you know, you got to say top five fan base in the league. Like, they're just crazy, especially now that we have Jastrick Park. And uh, for my money, it's either us or Indiana with the best fan bases because they're just hilarious there in Indiana mm-hmm. <laughs> with, the, uh, with the chance. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, if that answers the question, we think for sure there was some uh, some aspect to that move that affected the team early. That you know there was probably a little fatigue based on the fact that there was only two months pretty much layover from the bubble to uh, to the new season. But you know all teams have to face some adversity. They turned it around. Let's hope that they can turn it around again here after their most recent one. Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, we have two more games coming up this week, and neither of them is going to be easy. Uh, the first one we've already talked about a little bit uh, coming up next against Phoenix. Phoenix didn't make too many moves here, so it's pretty much going to be exactly the way we expected it. Uh, hopefully the new guys are in and able to play by then, but I'm not sure how it works with the protocols going from team to team. Uh, there's nothing new that you guys think we got to talk about with this upcoming Phoenix game? Phoenix, uh, no, not really. Hopefully they play, you know, like they did in Denver. That'd be nice. But yeah, then we got uh, Norm's video tribute slash revenge game is going to be pretty quick here. It's on Sunday, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 going to be the one that we have a little bit more to talk about here. That'll be first uh, time. Yeah, interesting, just surreal game. I think the first time where he, like he's back and it's just immediate. You know, not even like yeah, right away season yeah. or something. Yeah, just oh hey. I know you. The weird thing is, do you think he salutes the fans? Because it's not going to be the same fans. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little strange. I might bet. Uh, I might bet the over on points for him, just because. Yeah, often oh, see yeah, guys yeah. just light it up, right? <laughs> so for sure. At least with him, you know, I don't think there's, you know, it's not like a bad blood thing or anything. It's going to be pretty amicable. So it'll be nice to see him kind of. I'm sure he's going to be joking around with all the guys, and you know accidentally coming over to our bench or something you know whatever <laughs> right but um yeah no i think that'll be a fun game to to watch and pay attention to you don't think he's gonna be like hard fouling freddie and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think it'll be uh that'll be a lot of fun and yeah hopefully i think he'll thrive down there and uh yeah all the best to him yeah you know yeah. Uh, definitely i have no hard feelings at all about norm leaving the team uh, I loved every moment that he was here. He was a great player. You know, playoff Powell. He always tried hard. He always gave us all out there. There's not much else you can ask for as a fan. So. Yeah. But he was just so, like, excitingly unpredictable, right? He could have a six-point game or a 40-point game. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just great. So, yeah, a lot of fun to watch. But we got a long-term piece coming in here, so I like that too. Yeah, Norm, we'll sort of see you go. But, uh, you know, we hope that we beat you. So. Yeah. No hard feelings and we win. Yeah, yeah. You can have a great game as long as no one else does. That's it. All right. So, you know, we're kind of coming to the the end of the show here. If they don't win these two games, Mm -hmm. do you think they don't go pick up anything? Or how crucial do you think these two are? These two games, if we don't win. Yeah, they're kind of like a barometer, right? Good opponents. Um Good opponents, but also, like, you know, new team pieces. I don't know that we can, you know, that's a lot of uh, pressure put on these two games when so much has changed. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it too much away from it. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see, like, let's keep an eye on those rebound numbers. Cause if we, you know, are getting, you know, out rebounded by, you know, big deficit, um, that's a concern. And then I think it's, yeah, it's going to have to be pick someone up or we're just, you know, tanking the season and going to try to draft and, you know, position ourselves for the future. But, uh, yeah, yeah I don't think the outcome of these two games, I wouldn't be worried too much, especially being that, you know, like this Phoenix is second in the West. Um, Portland's a strong team. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I'm just more, I hope everyone gets a decent amount of playing time and, you know, they probably won't, if, if they're even playing by then, you know, they might, they probably wouldn't have had even a practice with the team or something like that. So they're probably not going to be too deep into the rotation, but, um, yeah, I hope we just get to see a good, a good taste to see what these guys can do. Yeah, like, uh, they're definitely not making it easy on Masai Ujiri, right? It's like one night you lose to Cleveland, then you beat uh, Denver, and then another night you beat you lose to Minnesota, and then you beat Golden State. Like, if I were the GM, it'd be hard to, you know, pick a direction, I guess. Right, but. yeah, well, you beat, you beat the Bucks two games in a row, you know, all that beat stuff. Beat Philly. Like Philly then, right yeah, after. Yeah, lose to Detroit. But we're still, whatever, eight games, you know, below 500. So, yeah, yeah. it's a strange But, yeah, it's year. the thing. I think you said last week it was, or last show, um, yeah, we play up and we play down. So if we play those bad teams, we'll, you know, lose to those bad teams. We give the good teams a run for their money. So with, with that being said, I'd like to see us give these two good teams at least a run for the money and not have them be, you know, blowouts that look like we're just playing, playing practice or something. So... Yeah, like you, you could say for sure, like nobody uh, at the top of the East wants to see Toronto in the first round series, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, well there you go, guys. Uh, again, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as always, it's a great time to be speaking to you guys out there. Uh, quick thing for everybody: if you want to ask a question and get us to answer it on the podcast. Go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, put that question right in there with what you want us to talk about, and we will make sure to get it on the show. You know, just make sure, guys, you know, this is a family show, so keep the questions classy. Uh, Thank you very much. As always, B, we love you, and uh, we will see you next time. This is Brendan Hodgins with Kieran Smythe. See you soon. Ben Harrison. Have a great weekend. And we will see you after the next game. Thank you. Have a good night. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Mm-hmm.